I'm kind of letting you down right now, so I'm sorry. I was I needed to have more drama, but that's okay. It's fine. It's fine if you bring no drama to this. It's not. I didn't invite your drama to do the podcast. Ooh. I invited you to do the podcast. Very true. Very true. But your drama is welcome because that is a large part of what you do and who you are. <laughs> Honey, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's undeniable. Um, I, I wanted to start off. By the way, the show's already started. I don't know. Okay, if you I love that. that I love that. Perfect. Yeah. It's it's been going. <laughs> The actually the first ten minutes of the show is just me waiting for you. So no, that's good. honey, no, cut it out, cut it out. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just kidding. Just giving you a hard time. I'll edit that out. This isn't live. Okay. Perfect. Um, I wanted to start off with saying I believe I saw the first time you ever did stand up. Really? Um, I was at the comedy store. Oh fuck! I signed up um, along with a lot of other people. And your name did not end up on the list, but Willie Hunter was hosting. And I don't know what conversation happened outside uh, the OR, but he brought you up in the middle of the potluck anyways. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember you said, you were very, very nervous. Mm-hmm. And you said one joke. I don't remember what it was, but I remember being like, oh, that's funny. And then you ran off into the wind. And I didn't see you again for like five years. Okay, that is so funny that you were there for that. That night scarred me. Um, okay, wait, 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 was that your first time ever? That was my first time ever. Okay, tell me about your perspective of that because I'm just a person in the audience that you didn't know would remember this. Yeah, that is so fu- I love that you remember it, but I hate it. But so um, so at that point, I, I had to have been 20 years old and I was interning at Laugh Stub at the time. And... Um, the girl that I was interning with, uh, McCalla, she's hilarious and amazing. And she like run, now runs a bunch of shows in New York, but she, anyway, you know, I, I like, I just basically like followed her around like a little puppy and, uh, she knew that I wanted to try stand up, but I was just so shy, but she was like, Harper, just go to the comedy store and, and sign up for potluck. And like, mm-hmm. I know people and like, I'll get you on, like, it'll be okay. Some, so the conversation was something like that. And at the time, like, I don't know how, how like, you know, I'm so young. I, I don't realize how big of a deal that is, but so mm-hmm. I get there. And the second I walk up, I just feel so intimidated. And I'm like, oh, there's no way in fuck I'm doing this. So I just pretended to sign up. I didn't even, I purposely didn't put my name down. And then she was like, oh, I'm, I'm coming, but I'm going to be a little late. And then by the time she gets there, potluck had already started. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I, I ended up not being able to put my name down because there's too many people or yeah, it, it didn't happen. And then she goes, oh, one second. And then she goes and then talks to <laughs> yeah Willie and she's like, all right, they're going to put you on. And I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> I was like, okay, sounds good. And then when I was on stage, I, I, the joke was something about like. It was about manners. Yeah, it was about being from the South. So I have to respect my elders. And it's about like dating older men in LA. It was something like that. And then um, some guy yelled out something at me. Like it was something like, it was either like, yeah, tits or something like, I don't know. He said something and I took my eye. I was like looking directly at my friend. And then the second Mm -hmm. that, that happened, I lost eye contact and then just had a meltdown and then tears came up. And then I was like, oh, I can't cry on fucking stage. This is no. And then I just ran off and then cried in the hallway. And Mm -hmm. then um I think it was Stephen Brody Stevens who was like why are you crying it's okay you just have to keep doing it and I was just like (laughs) and then I didn't do it for like four years which still isn't Brody was a big guy 
Like, it's not like him, like, having any energy towards you is a calming presence at all. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you love Brody, he was not a calming presence. No, no. So the idea of, like, the, like, oh, what, don't be scared. You're like, no, 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 I'm scared by you right now, too. I'm like, like everything about this is petrifying, so. <laughs> and then how many years passed between that and your second time doing stand-up? I was, was that four years. Okay. And I started again when I was 24. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. then I noticed your name started showing up on flyers and stuff. Yes. And I was like, oh, she found, she found her confidence in this. <laughs> it just took a four, you know, four quick years. But then, yeah. <laughs> but in stand-up, in the world that, I mean, the stand-up world I grew up in, people would disappear for four years, go back to some other town and do it and come back. Mm-hmm. So you have no idea if in between these times that you hear these names, if it's one time going up or 400 times. Mm-hmm. but either way you're like oh I'm curious to find out you know like so I'll go watch such a thing like that happens a lot where like people disappear and like it's sometimes they like they go to their hometown sometimes it's not even that they're just like oh I just had to go where I knew nobody and yeah. do stand-up for a couple years yeah which is honestly I feel like it's smart uh, I think it's way smarter than what I did which I just I went to Los Angeles to start yep and you're like oh that's a bad move mm-hmm yeah, for sure. It's a bad uh, move. And Aaron, how long have you been doing it again? About 10 years now. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, do you think stand-ups changed you for the better or the worse? Mm, that's hard. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel, I mean, I don't know. Maybe better. Maybe, like, I definitely feel like, it, I mean, I feel like it's less about being, I mean, you still have to be funny, but I do feel like it's kind of less about that now, which does make me kind of frustrated where I feel like, you know, back in like maybe like the eighties and nineties, I feel like you just had to be, it was about like your raw talent. And if you were funny or not, you could, you know, you could get it. But now I feel like it's, it's really is all about your online presence. And I mean, if you're talking about booking a club, you're 100% right. Clubs. Yeah. But I feel like there's room for all of it. The internet right now has room for all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like I did the dumb thing. I didn't put, I, I don't have much of an online presence because I was like, no, no, no. I want to get good over the course of 10 years and then show up online. Mm-hmm. I don't want the progression. You know, like I guess my same thing would be that like, I don't have a picture of me as a child. You know, like I don't re- like I don't have many of those. I definitely don't have them hanging up in my house. You know, you're like, no, no, no. I want you to meet me now, not me then. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Exactly. Which now, I would say at the time of that, that was a smart move. Ten years later, I'm looking around and I'm watching things and I'm just like, maybe that wasn't a smart move. <laughs> you know, because it's like, because you're like you're saying, online presence does mean a lot, especially right now when online's all we really have. It's so wild how like we like we all had to like transition into like internet comics the second that the pandemic hit. Everything we hated, I know. It's like (laughs) I'm gonna have to become everything I hate to get to where I need to be, which is the worst. Like it would be like if I eventually got hired on to do the Tonight Show, and they were like, "Yeah, but you're gonna have to yes and this person. Here's your group of four, and you're like, "No, this is exactly what my journey was against." Mm -hmm. No, totally. But I think that. I honestly think stand-ups only makes people better. 
Um, and if it makes them a worse person, they were just honestly a worse person in there pretending to be a better person. And it's good. Like, I feel like it, sh- it brings out everyone's honesty eventually. You have to confront your honesty to get good bits. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, I, I agree with you. And like, I feel like, especially from doing standup, it, because it's such a vulnerable art form where it's like, when you bomb, it's like, you don't, it's not like improv where you have like a whole, you know, you have your team mm-hmm. up there. It's like, no, it's just you. And especially if, when you're doing really personal jokes that are like, fuck you. And you're like, oh my God. But like, I don't know. I think it also helps in other areas of your life because you have to be so, I feel like really good standup is being really honest and open. And then that like, I feel like that bleeds into other aspects of your life. No, for sure it does. I think it 100% does. It also, like, I feel like bombing super hard uh, is great for all of life. Because Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll make this mistake. And that might be really bad, but I'm going to live on the other side. No one's going to take my teeth away. And there's no permanent damage in making these mistakes. Mm -hmm. These are not those kinds of things. And, like, every bomb is a learning experience. Like, I never got mad at an audience like that where you were like, fuck you, you don't get me. In my mind, I was like, what did I do that didn't translate right? Oh, like, no, I never blamed them. I always blame my translation in it, which also is possibly wrong, you know? <laughs> well, I was saying, like, that's, like, how I feel. Like, when I'm bombing, sometimes it, it does feel like the audience is, like, I don't know. It does feel like the audience is, like, well, we don't like you. And obviously, like, that's, mm-hmm. like, you know, they're just some jokes, you know, either you need to rework them. They're not funny. Maybe they're just not liking it, whatever. So it's, like, I, you know, you can just brush it off. But, like, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning, too, like, it feels very personal. That's funny. My beginning was, I, I don't, I didn't take, in my beginning, I just thought I didn't know how to translate myself. Oh, interesting. I blame all jokes on just my lack of ability to communicate. Not that I feel like I'm bad at it, but if the joke doesn't work, I didn't communicate my thought correctly. Or sometimes I do just chalk it up as, oh, only I find this funny. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have the jokes that only I find funny. Yeah. Yeah. Although you got to go through those jokes because if those ones hit, those are the good ones you know like that's very true which is i mean what your twitter is it, when people listen to this and go look at your twitter oh uh, my twitter is a disaster but that's okay <laughs> i know i actually on my things it literally the question i want to ask is your twitter is it good or bad <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i was just talking to my friend bianca bianca Cristoval. she's a hilarious comic but we were just talking about that today and she she brought up something and she was like, Harper, if you didn't have like, I don't even have that many followers, but you know, like if, if you weren't as wild as you were online, like, would you, do you think like you would like, I don't know, have like a better dating life or something? And I was like, yeah, probably, probably. Because I, I've gone on a few dates where like multiple guys have um, saved my tweets to their phone and been like, Hey, yeah, great to meet you. So when you tweeted this, what was up with that? And I'm like, oh, okay, what's going on here? And now obviously mm-hmm. I think that's unhinged, but at the same time, I'm the one saying that stuff. So I have to, I have to back it up. Yeah. I'm not sure that that is necessarily unhinged is that's just today's world. We all do that before we go on a date with somebody. We do the background check and I feel like um, the interrogation as it seems to be is uh, almost necessary. Yeah. Cause you're just like, if you are online saying you're unstable and someone's like, but are you stable though? You oh know, like God. that's well, only I just fair started to- <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, No, I get, I get that. I, uh, specifically I was, um, I think I was like talking about like my mom or something. And this guy was like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, your mom seems really mentally unwell. So does it run in the family and what's going on and what's, and then I got really protective. Yeah. Like, 
at the same time, I'm like, yes, I'm putting it out there and I'm being wild, but I'm like, uh-huh. my tweets are clearly, jo- I mean, what I feel like are clearly jokes. So then I got like a little like defensive and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. No, that is true. And it's also, I think it's good for you as a sense of like, as comedy goes on and as the bits go on and you start to tell your story more and more and more, because there's are, there are some crazy red flags of your life that are a part of your story that you have to tell mm-hmm. that like, you got to see if those people can handle that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, tr- yeah, very true. And like, in a sense, I don't know, I feel like I always was like, like growing up, I was a very shy, meek person. And then mm-hmm. I've just like within the last four years from doing standup, I've, I'm not shy anymore. I, I mean, clearly, you know, and so mm-hmm. I, uh, so in a sense, like, I think my Twitter's good, because I'm like, I just, I'm not like ashamed of anything. I'm not, I don't get embarrassed of much anymore. Um, but I guess it's bad to where, you know, I am pretty wild on there, so. For sure, yeah, no, but it should be like, your slogan is like, if you can't handle me at my Twitter, you don't deserve me on my Instagram. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. (laughs) If we're really to sum up you, I think, as an online presence. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but like, your Twitter, outside of the dating thing, it seems like has a lot of effect on your actual life. Or is that just me viewing it through your Twitter eye? Wait, it is, wait, can you repeat the question? Sorry. That it seems like your Twitter has a lot of effect on your actual life. To where like my Twitter is so much about like regular jokes that it has like no effect on my life. I'm like, okay. here's a joke about Supreme Pizza. You know, like no one, no Supreme Pizza is going to write me a letter. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have that bit. It definitely, I like, you know, amp up the, the mm-hmm. facade for, for Twitter, but no, I mean, I was in a relationship one time and I think he just didn't like my humor as a whole, but he like, he always had an issue with my, even when I wasn't joking about him, he was like, God, Harper, like my friends follow you. What, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you joking about selling pee pictures? Like, and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm not, no, but, um, but it was just. Uh-huh. Did you, you know, want to plug where they can buy your feet pictures? Now? I don't do that anymore. So no. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought the answer was going to be, I don't do that. But I don't do that anymore is also no, anymore anymore um mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah so that was like the, I think that relationship was the only time where it was like truly bad mm-hmm. like, where like I had to like pay a price for my my humor but like you know I, I'm not like bullying people or anything it's just yeah just a little I used to date a girl that was popular on Twitter and I remember a couple times we got in a couple arguments yeah well, where then like- she went on to Twitter and was like what do you guys think and I was like don't don't put my relationship up on twitter like that where they like vote in like i feel like you know the votes of the relationship should be me and the girl i'm dating and not her sixty thousand followers yes no that i agree with that for me i i definitely get savage after the breakup and it depends on how we depart if it if we depart well i honestly don't think i've ever tweeted one mean thing about a certain ex that i have like i just i would never do that mm-hmm. we departed in such a great way now the other ex oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know kind of did me a little bit dirty so i uh i definitely exploited that <laughs> yeah for sure no and i i appreciate it uh it reminds me i used to work at a pizza place in high school and if you left on good terms after giving two weeks you still get the employee discount uh afterwards okay. and that was that was the that was the incent you know it was like that's why you would stay out those two weeks and uh it feels like your twitter's kind of the same <laughs> like, hey, if you break up with yeah. me with a two-week notice, everything's clean and good. Yeah. 
I will not, I will not bash you, but no, I mean, because like, especially during that last breakup, what that was so gnarly when I was just like firing off, like maybe I needed a different way to heal. Okay. But I, you know, I was going off and then like, like bustle reached out to me being like, Oh, like, can we interview you about this breakup? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And it was like a few days after the breakup. And like, I just actually just read the article, reread the article like a few days ago. And I'm like, now I just feel so calm and like at peace about it, but it's just so funny to read it. You know, that magazine. Oh my God. If there was a breakup magazine where they just talked to people going through breakups at that moment, they would get all the juicy shit. Oh, but yeah. every so regrettable. Every issue would be oh, so yeah. regrettable. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a brilliant idea. I Damn, I should do a podcast. People that are just broken up, be like that yes. to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> it would be endless. Yeah, it would. It would be full of pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had an episode where I had a female comic, Daniel Arcian. I'll throw her name out there give advice to people who like women that want to start comedy. Um, but I want to ask you almost something kind of the opposite. Mm-hmm. And is there anything you'd like to yell at male comedians or people who are coming into comedy as a man? Okay. Coming into comedy as a man. Um, be humble about being bad. We're all bad when we first start. And you just have to, be, I feel like so many guys are like, yeah, I'm so fucking good. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, sweetie, there was no punchline though. So let's all just calm down and just like, mm-hmm. and it takes. So oh, that's long. almost everyone's first battle is to deal with their own ego in it. Oh yeah. Either the ones that recognize their bombing or refuse to recognize their bombing. It's a different battle of ego, but it's like definitely what I watch in brand new people. Yeah, definitely. Like you have to check your ego. Yeah. Oh, stand up is like the most humbling thing. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of the best. Like I had a boss with a, he had a, we'll say he had a lot of energy at work. And he felt himself to be a stand-up. So I was like, I'm going to book him on a show. <laughs> We're going to, I know he was excited. That's why. Um, yeah. Well, that's, is that evil of me? But I did it. You know, you're like, here we go. He used to do stand-up. And so he like, he had bits to go back on, you know, like it was okay. things. So okay. it wasn't totally throwing him in blind, but to be honest, I would do the same for like other people at work. If they were just like being too talky about too much game and what it would be like if they did stand up i'm more than welcome to be like yes try it in front of me oh my god yeah it's like i feel like whenever i or not not always obviously but like i I feel like a lot of the time like when i first start talking to a dude he'll be like he like gets threatened that i do stand up whereas like if i start talking to a girl she's just like oh cool and i'm like okay yeah and then with a guy he's like oh so you think you're funny (laughs) oh okay yeah i bet i could do it i think i'm funny i'm like jesus fuck like calm down I do see that a lot, especially with girls that are dating. When they find, when a dude finds out they do stand up, it's like a challenge to be yeah, accepted. Like, Bring it on! And I'm like, what is with this? What is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, you know, you could just enjoy the behavior. Yeah, I'm like, you could just laugh, or ooh, I don't know, believe in yourself maybe enough to try. But okay, here we go. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they don't believe in themselves. Come on, let's no. be honest. Yeah. Um. You have a podcast coming. I do. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Clowncast. And I host it's it called with Clowncast. My Clowncast. And I host it with my buddy, Niles Apston. Nice. When does this come out? This Wednesday. Okay. So it will be out by the time this comes out. This is like three weeks. So we all have a couple episodes out. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. What kind of, what should people expect when they go to your podcast? Um, it's going to be... I mean, Niles and I, honestly, we kind of just uh, pick two of each other's like 
tweets that we find like the most like jarring or like oh you know, my lord ghastly and then we kind of just kind of elaborate like oh like what is there a story behind like, it's basically like like comedic storytelling and so uh mm. but we just pick we we're just picking them from our tweets does he have a gnarly twitter too yeah Oh yeah, he's very, he's very un- no filter whatsoever. That's yeah. great. He's I am, I'm really watching. I'm enjoying watching you guys become completely unemployable in a regular market. It's <laughs> my mom just said the same thing. She's like, "Well, Harper, you have no choice but to make this work because my God, a nine to five would never hire you." And I was like, mm, "Honey, even before I started doing this, they wouldn't." So all good. But yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, you think I chose this choice? Yeah, I'm like, no, this this is what I have left, mom. Yeah, exactly. It's like you went to a community college and they're just like, just go to the open mics. Yeah, really, truly. <laughs> yeah, what are you even thinking with this other stuff? No, uh, what's the best, worst advice you've ever received? The best, worst, like in general or with stand-up? General. general. I'll take stand-up too. I've heard some awful comedians give some awful advice. Which I find very funny, but I... That's so interesting. I honestly, I mean, for right now, no, like in regular life, nothing's coming up, I guess. But but for stand-up, it was my third month doing it. And I was in some like comedy competition for the Ha Ha Cafe. And I was the only girl, um, or yeah, Ha Ha Comedy Club, whatever. And I was the only girl um, in the whole competition out of like 40 people. And then I go up and I do my set and I get off. And then the guy was like, oh man, I'm, I'm really disappointed in your set. And I'm like, why? I got laughs. Like, what was the problem? And he goes, no, I'm sorry, sweetie. But if you're going to make it in stand-up, you have to talk about those big old tits. You can't just get up on stage and not say anything. And he didn't talk about your period once. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? And he was just like, yeah, yeah, you have to. And then I just kind of like walked away. Just, I didn't, I didn't even have anything to say to that. I was just like, okay. There is nothing to say. That that is awful. Like that's honestly a cursed and haunted response. So I I think I don't even know what to. Yeah, is that person still doing stand up? No. There we go. Yeah, yeah. But did he talk about his big old dick? Honey, no, because <laughs> there isn't one to talk about. So he had nothing. I know that was definitely the place that was going. It's like there's no way he could have. No. There's all. I mean, there's just a million things. Like I've never seen someone crush. And then be like, but I wish they talked about this. Like, you know, like if they're crushing, you're just happy they're talking. Yeah. I mean, oh Lord, it was just wild. And for like a hot second, I was like, oh, well, fucking, you know, I was like three months in, I'm young at the time. I'm like, oh, well, do I need to be talking about that? Like, no, no. Right. And then I, then like, you know, the next night I'm like, oh, I'm absolutely not doing that. I find it absolutely insane when people feel like they absolutely have to talk about a thing because someone told them they needed to. Mm-hmm. you're like no no you absolutely need to talk about what you feel like you absolutely need to talk about that's it yeah like all the other advice of like oh no but i looked at you and put you in this box and i need you to talk your way out of this box is their issue mm-hmm. you're like it's not yeah. my job to talk you out of your issue i feel like you can also tell when someone's like talking about uh or like they're trying to make something funny that you can just tell that they're not passionate about yes no for sure there's there's that too i feel like that's a lot in beginning comics is they're nervous Mm -hmm. where they're just like oh i feel like i have to talk about something sexual because it gets a response and you're like no you don't you really don't if you're not comfortable talking about sex then talk about other things or talk about how you're uncomfortable with it yeah because that's the only truth you have with it 
but definitely the publicly like I'm going to display something I'm not is never going to work. No. Um, not that that's anything you need to hear. I'm just. <laughs> You're like, but mm, here's the hint. So you can. Take yeah, <laughs> there's the hint. No, I would never. No, 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 no. If I act, I don't think I. When I first started, I had too much comedy advice for everybody. And as I go on, I learn that everyone's journey is so different that my advice means nothing to anyone more than my own journey. Mm-hmm. So no. I'll give that advice to uh, all the comics that ever listen to this. I think it was like Gerard Carmichael. I think, yeah, I think he was like the best advice I can ever give a stand-up comedian is don't take anyone else's advice. And I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay. It's it funny because like- that guy gave me totally different advice. <laughs> <laughs> where is the truth we don't know but i mean it is true it's no. like stand-up is like, give me good advice so i want to give it ways to do it you know yeah so it's like, oh, there's a trillion ways to do it yeah. yeah no his advice to me was uh when you talk yourself into a corner keep talking until you talk your way out of it okay that's good and i was like oh that's great advice i actually really like that That's Harper Rose Germont, everybody. I feel like I met her, I mean, clearly, I met her years before she started doing comedy. She did the comedy of the once. I met her that day. We talked briefly, uh, became friends on social media, and then never really talked again until she got deep into comedy. And I was like, oh, look, a buddy surfaced. And she's she's awesome. Very funny. Very funny. Actually, conversationally, one of the funniest people I've ever met. So there she is, Harper Rose. If you like her, check out her Twitter I told the last episode, uh, I do have her intro on the episode before, so if this is your first episode, you can hear me give her a, her intro or talk about her tweets, and I didn't give you the Twitter handle, it is HarperRoseD, which is the same as her Instagram handle, so check that out as well, and also check out Clowncast, she's got a new podcast, it's already got a couple episodes up, with Niles and her, and it's hilarious, just listen to it, so yeah, guys, uh, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, and then maybe hers. I don't know. I don't want to force you, but if you're going to choose one, choose me. But if you're going to choose two, choose us. That's the way that works. And then after that, next week, we have Kim Crawl, host of Crawl Space. And uh, we talk about her getting COVID. And I think that's, uh, we talk a little bit about some Christmas stuff. Kim Crawl, hilarious. She's next. She's funny. If you like her, you can find her. She spells her name C-Y-M-C-R-A-L. No one else in the world spells it like that. That's all you need. You can Google her. And you'll find pictures of her when she was on a millionaire matchmaker show. Or or you can find her Instagram and Twitter and all those things. And her podcast, of course. Or when she did the Kim and Ken show. So that's coming up next week. And that's a doozy. That's fun. I actually just recorded it. So I'm like excited by it still. It was a lot of laughs. Okay, guys. Um, of course, as always, I'm Aaron at Aaron M. Marsh, and you guys, you guys are so nice to me. I, I want to promote my, my stickers, my pins, my Mandalorian podcast, but I, I feel like you guys know by now, you know, getting a lot of good response on all of those things. So you guys already know, and that's the, that's the greatest part. Guys, keep listening to this podcast. Keep rating, reviewing, subscribing to it, telling me you like it. It really means a lot to me. It does. It always means a lot to me whenever anyone reaches out to tell me those things. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me.
Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong Whether I find a place in this world or never belong I've got to be me